two, three, four. Ba 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Ba 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Ba 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 basketball, gimme, gimme, gimme the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Ba 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 basketball, gimme. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Catch That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and it is the start of the NBA season. I'm recording this prior to the games on Tuesday night, uh, so I don't know who is 1-0, who is 0-1. Obviously, there's no ties. I do know that the Yankees are winning at the time of this recording, so that's going to be very exciting, and we should see, hopefully, the Yankees versus the Astros in the ALCS for like the millionth time. But wanted to tell you guys, we broke some really cool news and we just got an official partner, our first official partnership, and it's for Daily Fantasy. We are officially partnered with Thrive Fantasy. Uh, They have an app. They have... um, you know, they have a website, they have a lot of these different games, and it's a really awesome interface. You can pick over and unders, they do different pools, and the way that their props are set in the over and under pools depending on what your risk is, they can be worth more or less based on the prop. So if the if the prop is a little bit riskier to go over, you're going to get more points for that than if it's a safer prop. So you're able to really build value and kind of think about it in a little bit different way. You can sign up for Thrive Fantasy. There's an app, but you can use the link in my bio on Twitter or the cash at that bio also will have it. And the promo code is cash that no space C A S H T H A T for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Um, this is great. It gives you guys literally free money to play around with. And my favorite play, if you're playing on the Wednesday slate, I like on their $50,000 guaranteed contest, I liked. Paolo Bancaro to go over six and a half rebounds in his debut against the Detroit Pistons. Dude's a monster already. NBA build, NBA body. He's going to get plenty of minutes running out there. I like him to go over six and a half. So that's a super exciting partnership for us. It's uh, we, we try to take our decision. We try to take our time and figure out who we're going to partner with. Um, and Thrive reached out to us and it, it's a good, it's a good decision. It's a good deal for us. It's a good deal for them. And Thrive is actually the official partner of the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, uh, you know, they got some NFL teams there too. So uh, the product they're putting out is pretty fun. It's pretty good. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And we can cash that together on Thrive Fantasy. Um, look at this. So I, I wanted to look at the NBA slate. This is obviously something that I'm very excited about. I think it's something that we all should be excited about. Um, you know, it was a long off season and we're gonna have a we're gonna have a really good time here. So what I'm gonna do is obviously we're looking at a lot of games and I I'm trying to figure out what the best way to do that is for you guys. Cause I'm so excited. I want to talk about all of them, but naturally I'm going to talk about the New York Knickerbockers in the first game of the season. I think I mentioned it last time we were here. I said, bet the like I already had a couple bets in one of which was to take the Knicks at plus seven and a half. And I had logged in the action app. It's already down to 
plus six and plus five and a half at some books, actually. So you want to try to hop on this as soon as you can. The Knicks are live here. Um, I, I think that the Grizzlies are still a little bit overrated. I think last season it was interesting because last season they were a little bit underrated. And then now this season we're kind of dealing with the opposite situation. And I think that they're a little bit overrated, especially with Jaron Jackson Jr. not being there. Additionally, my favorite prop in this game, I know prop that guy is on a different alternative, but in a way to back this same player, he's taking the points and assists, but I'm looking at Jalen Brunson over four and a half assists right now. Uh, it's minus 130 on DraftKings. I think that's better. I, I prefer that to uh to laying a little bit of additional juice anyway at uh you know at uh at five and a half and maybe getting it a plus money. Um I got this originally at minus 115, logged it in the app once again. Last year, this is the way you have to look at this. Last year the Grizzlies had the seventh fastest pace in the league last season. And I think this is a great spot for Brunson to show out in his debut. Average 7.5 assists per game last year without Luka Doncic. And now he's getting this the reins of the Knicks offense. You guys know who led the Knicks in assists last year? Julius fucking Randall. We've talked about this before. He should never lead a team in assists. And now Jalen Brunson is going to get the ball. He's going to have ultra high usage. We know that Tibbs likes to run his starters, run his run his guys. He's going to get plenty of run out there. And I sprinkled the little double-double. I built it out on FanDuel, and it's plus 11.23 uh, for 10 points, 10 assists. Now, I want to talk about this briefly. Um just as a refresher to everybody, when we're doing double doubles and we're doing triple doubles, we're always going to line shop those in the first place. Next thing we're going to do, besides just the initial line shop saying like, oh, this, this book's listing double double at this, or it's listing it at this. We're going to build it out in the same game parlay spots. Generally, the two best are FanDuel and um, Bet365 from what I've noticed in terms of building things out. Um but those have generally been dramatically different in price. And it's something to keep in mind when you're betting this, because look, the probability of the odds, and I want to talk about this in a bit, but uh, the probability of like the events not changing, but your payouts changing, and that's significant. And depending on the line and the applied value of the line, it can make something a dramatically better bet or not. So that's something I want you guys to remember. It's something I want you guys to consider. And it's something that I think we need to be cognizant of moving forward during this NBA season. So I want to get that out there right now. And even with that, sometimes you'll see guys and it'll be like over two and a half threes. Like, let's say that's their standard line. But if you go to the FanDuel market or the 365 market or whatever market it is, and they'll have like milestones and it'll be three plus. So it's literally the same bet and you'll have a better line because they just don't adjust them properly because they're, they're, they're major market books. They're not looking at everything. The reason that lines move, it's not, this drives me nuts too. It's not really because the books are like, oh, like we screwed up, like this line's wrong. It's because they're getting a ton of action on a line usually, um, especially in the props market. They don't want like massive liability on an assist prop. So they're going to move it. They're going to adjust it or a threes prop. They're going to move it. 
it's not because they feel like it's wrong. It's just that they don't want that liability on it. So I think that that's something to consider. So especially when you're betting these props, so it's like, okay, like, yeah, like the line moved from like minus 110 to minus 200. It's like, all right, like there's definitely not value on the minus 200 anymore. But the book isn't saying like, oh shit, like this bet's definitely going to hit now. It's just that like, they don't want that much liability. So they're moving it. And it's not necessarily even manual. It's through algos. So shout out the algo, Chris. But it's just the way when they get a lot of action, they move. So when you have certain guys that have like huge followings and they put a bet in, uh, whether it's on Twitter, the action app, a discord, whatever, those lines get torpedoed. And that's significant. And it's something that you need to remember and think about. So it's like, all right, like don't go chasing steam on props. Like I hate doing that. Uh, if you missed it, you missed it. It just, it is what it is. Or maybe like reduce your risk a little bit if you still feel like it's a good angle. Um, but don't be, don't be trying to chase steam on props. It's just, it's a losing endeavor. And I, I don't really think that there's much value in doing that. All right, so now that we just got a little bit of the Knicks talk out of the way, I'm going to get to the rest of the slate in a little bit, but I wanted to touch on something. I um, I put out a Twitter thread, and it was about same-game parlays and PPDs and how this year we've had like a lot of success. We had Brian versus the books on. We've taught, you know, you've seen me following Propet Guy. You've seen a lot of guys put together player performance doubles, especially in the major league baseball market where guys are, we're looking at strikeout lines and the money line. And a big reason for why we were doing this is honestly that it was, it was a good spot because it was correlated. There was a ton of correlation between the two. And what I mean by that is that when those pitchers are striking guys out, it probably means that they're, they're playing longer. They're throwing more pitches. They're getting more outs. And this baseball Berg says this uh, baseball is literally the one sport where the defense has the ball and they control the pace and the outcomes. And that's what makes this so different. When you're looking at this, you can get that K line down, maybe one, you can take it under the prop line and then you can get the money line because it's like, they're more, they're connected. They're entirely interspersed and intertwined. This I think is dramatically different than the NBA because with baseball, you can get just like kind of improve the money line. You're getting a great way to improve the money line for kind of, for relatively cheap. The NBA, I, I don't think that this is the case like at all. Let's think about it this way. Um, if you looked at a guy like, uh, I don't know, like John Morant, right? Um, and if you looked at his stats and you look at it and you say, all right, well, like, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to take like an alternate point line and just maybe try to get him uh, to get him over, you know, an alternate line as a way to improve the, the Grizzlies money line in a particular spot. So like, if you look at a guy like John Morant, right, they, he scored 12, uh, like he played 57 games. He had 57 starts in those, he had 36 wins, 21 losses. He scored 20 or more points in 46 of those games. Um, the thing to remember here is that, like, the line, if you're trying to get, like, say, 20 or more, for John, a guy like John Morant, considering his average was around, like, 
was well last year for his career was 21.2 but last year he was averaging closer to like 27 points a game right so when you're doing this when you're looking at that you're you're really just taking on a ton of additional risk for not a great reward um and the thing is it's not like well if he doesn't score in a lot of points they could still lose or they could even or they could still win rather but the thing to consider here is, is it wor- really worth the math or are they actually correlated? Um, and I don't think that they're necessarily in the same realm. So when you look at this, if you look at Morant anyway, we're going to look at his splits. Last year in wins and losses, um, in wins, he averaged 29.1 points per game and in losses, he's averaged 24.7. So sure, that's a significant difference, but here's the thing it's still over 20 for both of them. So like him scoring more than 20 points, even though it's like an easy leg, isn't really correlated to whether or not the Grizzlies win or lose necessarily. This is the same thing in the Twitter thread. I used the example of Joel Embiid double-double. He averaged, he got, he recorded a double-double in basically 70% of games, whether it was a win or whether it was a loss. And it worked out for Philly that way. So the thing is, when you're looking at this, you're essentially just taking a 10 to 20% haircut on the fair odds for something that's not even a direct correlation. So I'm not saying that these things can't be related or they can't be correlated because I don't think that that's true. I think the thing to keep in mind is that for these lower valued odds and like the these ways to extract value, when you're looking at props that are just basically getting the money line to maybe like even money or still like below plus 200, you're not really getting the best value out of the prop. I think the way to do this is you're going to see a lot more correlation with higher odds, in my opinion. And it's going to generally be with role players, not superstars. So with superstars, you're generally expecting them to just put, they're going to perform. They're going to perform in wins. They're going to perform in losses. And a lot of times the reason the teams lose is because the role players don't play as well. So like for the example that I was thinking of uh, while I had been typing the thread was if you looked at say like the Miami Heat, right? You're looking at a team where Bam Adebayo should perform well. Jimmy Butler should perform well. Tyler Hero should perform well. But like, what if Max Struess has a great game or Duncan Robinson has a great game when those guys have incredible games and maybe score 25 points or Robinson makes like five or six threes when that type of thing happens, that's the situation where I think there's a much stronger correlation between the result of the prop and the team winning. The problem with that is, is that like, I don't, at that point, I don't think that it makes sense to really add in the money line, even though that they are highly correlated. What's the point you're adding in the money line. If they're a favorite, you're adding in what, like a minus 200 favorite onto that. Or even if they're a dog, maybe like plus 150, plus 160, maybe plus 200 or so. But like, I don't think that you're getting the same value. And it kind of defeats the purpose of using that alternate line and combining it into some sort of performance double. At that point, in my opinion, you're already betting on something that's risky, maybe 11 to 1, 15 to 1, 20 to 1. Why are you adding in a money line that's between like minus 200 and plus 200? I, I just think it's unnecessary to take on that addition risk. And then even then it might not necessarily be worth the odds. So I think that the way you really need to look at the 
player performance market in the NBA is to just literally not call it that. I think that you need to consider them as same game parlays where we know the books are keeping incredibly high holds. So with that in mind, it's generally just not a great idea to be betting on these types of performance doubles. Like it's like, sure, like if you want to put together same game parlay, like go for it. But your bread and butter should really be straight and like just to remember that parlays, like the books, the the reason they're promoting these parlays is because that's where they make all their money. They're not promoting you going to bet on Jalen Brunson, like over four and a half assists at minus 115. They want you to go put together the 15 leg parlay that's $50 to pay out a thousand or, you know, or or maybe even 10,000 or 20,000 or 40,000 or 50,000. Because if you have a bunch of people doing that, they just don't hit. They just do not hit. So that's something that I wanted to get out there and kind of say to you guys before we kind of started diving into the slate, because I know that with the popularity of that type of PPD this summer with baseball, I knew it was going to start coming up with with the NBA. And I just wanted everybody to feel informed and understanding what the market is really looking like there. So what I'm going to do is you guys also know that what one of the things that I'm trying to do this NBA season is not necessarily cut my volume per se, but I want to, I do want to cut my volume a little bit. And one, and I learned a lesson at the end of last season with ladders, escalators, however you want to call it. And basically it's something that you guys should keep in mind too. I was like not really managing my bankroll properly with them. And I was putting really too much on the, on the escalating part of the prop. So like if the baseline was say like over four and a half, I was putting too much on the like five plus six plus seven plus, And I basically needed the escalators to hit in order to really cash. So I think it's something that I'm pivoting off of doing a little bit. I'm still going to do it, but it's, it's significantly less risk um, than I was before. And definitely not cutting into my winnings as much to say fund the the extra rungs or the extra levels of that type of prop. So it's something I'm considering and it's something that I would like you guys to consider as well, just in terms of your bankroll management. But with that in mind, there are going to be some spots where I think that that's worth it. And while I'm not saying that this is a spot that I think is worth an escalation, I think it's a spot where you can look at it and say like, okay, this is why I'm going to bet this here and this is why I'm going to bet this there. So, because it's different ways of attacking the same prop. So, the one prop that I was looking at in particular was I was looking at Tyrese Halliburton, obviously, my boy. Uh, at FanDuel, you could get over eight and a half assists at minus 125. I like that play uh, in particular because he was averaging 18.6 points and 10.1 assists in 18 games without Malcolm Brogdon last season after he was traded to the Pacers. We also saw that with the Sacramento Kings, he was balling out as long as he wasn't sharing the court with De'Aaron Fox. So this is a situation where Tyrese is going to be really like the number one ball handler on the team. And so long as they're not like tanking, which presumably they're not going to be doing, especially right at the beginning of the season, I think this is a good opportunity for him to get his run, to get his reps out there and have a good time with it. So, and additionally, he's going to have 
Miles Turner on the floor, which is a boon to not only the offense, but the defense, maybe getting some more transition opportunities off block shots, off steals, off turnovers that he's going to generate. And Turner can stretch the floor, which is nice. He's a reliable three-point shooter, and he's a decent offensive player as well. So I like this spot for Halliburton, um, and I like the assists at over eight and a half. But additionally, I was looking at this, and I saw that on DraftKings then, he was listed at over 25 and a half points and assists. Uh, his points line there was 15 and a half, and his assist line was nine and a half. So it was a little bit different. And that's kind of how they were getting to the 25 and a half. But if you looked at FanDuel, they were at 26 and a half. So, but they had his points line much higher. They had the assist down and the points up. So it's important to line shop it. And then you can actually find it, find and extract value on similar things that are like kind of related. And it's important to like, because these two bets are like similarly related or they touch on each other. I try to not go crazy with my wager then because it's, I don't want to have that much exposure on one player on one game. Uh, so that's one thing that I was looking at. Additionally, we're going to look at some of these teams and understand that there's going to be an unbelievable amount of tanking this year because of Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson. And when we're doing that, we need to really understand, like, just because the teams are trying to tank, it doesn't mean that the players are trying to tank. The guys that are going out there, they're going to play hard during the minutes that they have on the floor because, like, these teams usually aren't good. You're getting a guy, a lot of guys that are, like, maybe not they're not really all stars they're maybe like rotational pieces or bench guys but now they're getting an opportunity to maybe start or rookies playing bigger minutes they're trying because they care about not only their payday their stats they care about winning they care about being on the floor and putting out good basketball putting out good performance because they need to perform in order to maybe get that next contract stay in the league or you know just even try to crack playing time so you're going to have these these guys like trying. So it's like, even though the teams are bad, like the Pacers aren't necessarily going to be a good team, the players are going to try and that's important. And one of those other guys that I like too is Miles Turner to record over two and a half stocks. Uh, that's on DraftKings and he's over in 31 of 42 games last season. Uh, this line's at minus 125. If the Pacers want to trade him, which they've talked about doing forever, but it just has never really come to fruition, they got to showcase him. He's got to be able to play. He's got to put out what he can do. And those are things to watch in the beginning of the season. Uh, and if you start seeing some like really wonky matchups or guys being held out extra time or whatever, that's management saying, we don't want to really go forward with this season. So, you know, like this guy got hurt. We're just going to say abundance of caution, yada, yada, yada. They can't play. So that's definitely something to, to keep in mind. Another spot that I'm looking at, another game that I'm looking at is the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Brooklyn Nets. And this game I think is fascinating for a multitude of different reasons. Number one, this game opened at, uh, really it opened at like four and a half, five um, with the, the Nets being favored and it's their home opener. It's since gotten bet down to minus as far as minus three, the Pelicans are getting 53% of the money and or 53% of the bets and 92% of the money at this point on the spread, which is an incredible difference. But the Nets are getting 34% of money line bets, but 55% of the money. So they have a pretty good edge there. 
the plays that I like here are number one, there's a DraftKings boost for Kevin Durant to score over 19.5 points, which is definitely something that you're going to want to play. Besides that Durant boost, which he should definitely hit, um, I mean, his points line is set at 27 and a half. He should really hit that. I mean, my max is only 10 bucks, so like it is what it is, but still, um, I, you got to just take advantage of those when they're given to you. Um, besides that, though, the line that I'm actually waiting for, I bet net, I bet the Pelicans plus four and a half, I bet them at plus four, and I bet them on the money line as well. But the play that I actually like here is I really like number one, I like the Pelicans to win the division. If you haven't bet that, bet that. Um, and I also like, um, there was a DK boost, which it might it may be gone by the time of this, but it was Zion record 28 points a game and the Pelicans win the division at eight to one. Uh, so I did like that. But the play that I actually really like is I like I'm waiting to see what they open Zion's assist line at. So last season, he averaged 3.7 assists per game. And in his rookie year, he averaged 2.1. So we're seeing like a pretty significant uptick in usage, especially in his facilitating ability. And that's something that I like here, especially with this type of team. So now they're going to have even more offensive weapons with CJ McCollum. He's never played with CJ McCollum before. And they don't have Steven Adams. They have Jonas Valanciunas there. Uh, or Yeah. So um, it's, it's definitely a spot that I'm looking for Zion to see, like, how does, how does he work as a facilitator? How does he work as a crux or, you know, like a center point, a pivot point in this offense? And I think we've seen him develop. He's had a year to sit. Uh, He's lost a lot of weight. He's gotten much more in shape. And I think that that's, important obviously for his health and for his longevity in the league but i also think that it's going to give him a little bit more bounce or it might make him have a little bit of a faster first step and we've seen his assist percentage rise dramatically so in his rookie year it was 11.7 percent sophomore year was 18.8 percent i think when you sit for that year and you get to watch games and you you really take that year, entire year off and you see like the team is playing well and you really could just be that extra piece that they need. I think that's going to like, obviously he's going to be excited. He's going to want to score for himself. He's going to want to dunk. And we saw him playing well in preseason. I think that that's going to translate into the regular season and he's going to help his guys. He's going to facilitate. And he was racking up assists. He was racking up like four assists, five assists in like 20, 21 minutes. So if we get a line, that's a two and a half, it's a hammer. If we get a line of three and a half, you're still going to bet that because I think they're waiting because of, he's just always going to be on the injury report at this point uh, based on the priors in his career. But I think that that's another that's definitely a spot that I want to look at. Um, another thing that I like here is I want I really like the Denver Nuggets and I've talked about them before. I bet them to win the title. I bet them to have the number one seed in the West. I bet their alternate wins over. I bet them in a straight forecast with the Timberwolves to win the division. The Timberwolves come in second. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting is that now they finally have that core four back that they had talked about and they bring in KCP. So they're bringing in a good three-point shooter, a good defender in KCP. He's like a good extra guy. And then you have a little bit of internal development from bones. You bring in ish Smith to back up Jamal Murray, uh, who's realistically going to be on a minutes limit. So it's good to have that backup point guard. I think it raises their floor a little bit, but you have this core four of Michael Porter, Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic, which in the minutes and the possessions that they played together, they were an over, they were over plus 17 
in terms of plus minus over a hundred possessions compared to the rest of the league. That is incredible. That is in like the 99th percentile of all lineups. Their offense was dynamite and their defense was still good. People were saying like, oh, like their defense isn't going to be that good. Yada, yada, yada. They still had a 110 defensive rating, which would have been top 10 in the league last season had they played together like in those minutes. So I think Denver is going to be really good. But one of the things about Denver that's interesting is Michael Porter Jr., who you should sprinkle for most improved player at like 25 to 1, 30 to 1, whatever number you can get. Um, I think he was the favorite last year, probably would have at least been in the running for it had he not gotten hurt. Now he's coming back. It's a good opportunity here for him. But one of the things that he did with Michael Porter Jr. was, especially when they got Aaron Gordon, was they told him, look, like you don't have to camp out under the basket for rebounds. Um, we kind of want you to shoot more threes. We want you to stretch the floor a little bit more. And even though he's like an athletic freak, they wanted him away from the basket because he's such a good shooter. So what I like here is I like him to go under seven and a half rebounds. I think the line's a little too high. And if we look at his last 20 games with Aaron Gordon, he's been under that in 14 of them. So that's a 70% rate on the under at seven and a half. Number one, this is against the Utah jazz. So I think that there's a lot of blowout potential here. And number two, it just, it's his first game, like really back from these injuries that like maligned him last season. And it's an opportunity to, bet on the Nuggets performance there without betting on the spread because I, I'm always a little skeptical about big spreads like that in home openers. Uh, but it's a way to back Michael Porter Jr. to you know continue what he was doing, which was good. It's what the Nuggets needed, but it took him away from the basket. It took him away from those rebound opportunities. So I like Michael Porter Jr. to go under seven and a half rebounds. Um, I noticed that a lot of these lines were opening up a little bit lower than I would have anticipated them to. So I, I'm trying to watch that and I'm trying to keep an eye on that because I don't want to get overzealous with betting overs, especially early in the season as guys are on minutes limits are, uh, you know, adjusting to new rotations. We're not entirely sure what the coaches are doing. Um, so that's one thing that I'm trying to be cognizant of. Uh, and, and it's something that you guys should try to be cognizant of as well, because this is the first season that we've had in a long time where it's a traditional 82 game season and they have general amounts of rest. The calendar is scheduled in the way that it normally was prior to COVID, prior to any of these issues. So we're really seeing like a, a full season and it's a grind and it's going to be different for a lot of players. So I think that coaches are going to be much more cognizant of managing minutes and managing guys to just get into the playoffs and get into the postseason. So early in the season, like we see this now, the Warriors, they're saying that they're not going to play everybody their main minutes. They're not up to conditioning at this point in time. So that's 100% something to just at least be aware of and to be thinking about uh, when you're betting on these teams and you're betting on these props. So there's a lot of outs. There's always more outs for an under than for an over, but I'm very excited for the season. Uh, and I think that we're going to be able to find a lot of value. We're going to be able to use a lot of different tools. And I, I've kind of talked about this before, but some of the tools that I use are obviously our action network tools, whether it's the app or action labs or, you know, our props tool. Um, I use that. I use sports insights. I use all that. I use props.cash. I use cleaning the glass, um, some stuff from positive residual, second spectrum, MBA advanced stats. So I, I try to diversify my experience, diversify my 
uh, my knowledge and my sources. And I try to do the work for you guys. So, you know, but I also try to talk my process through with you. So that way you guys understand where I'm coming from. And if I don't necessarily have the time to fully explain something, you'll kind of understand where I'm coming from and how I've traditionally do my work. So you can trust it and understand it and back it moving forward. So it's going to be a great year with the Action Network. And I'm very excited for, for this season. I'm going to be on buckets every Thursday. So we're going to be recording on uh, Wednesday nights for Thursday slates for best bets. So expect an episode every Thursday. Tune into that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we can, we can cover that Thursday slate there as well. So guys, if you have any questions, obviously reach out to us, uh, be sure to sign up for thrive fantasy. If you haven't, that's my recommendation of the week. And I will also recommend, um, I'll recommend staying hydrated right now because, you know, I feel like sometimes as the weather gets colder, we forget that we need to continue to drink water. So, uh, it's important to stay hydrated and, you know, it, it really improves your, it improves your body. It improves your mood. And I know that you might be cold, but keep that for the weather, keep that for your body temperature, but don't let it touch your bets. Stay hot and let's cash that. They're playing basketball. Uh, all around the we world. Uh, uh, to the beach, you favorite sport. Uh-huh. I like the way to dribble up and down the court. I keep it so fresh on the microphone. I like no interruption when the game is on. on. I like slam dunk to take me to the hoop. Yeah. My favorite play is the alley-oop. Uh-huh. I like to pick and roll. Oh. I like to give and go. Oh. And it's basketball. Bow wow. Let's go. Telling what I'm gonna do with it. Okay. When I got position, I'ma act a fool with Go it. Ahead. I might cross you up and fake one way. Turn around and hit you with the MJ fade away. I'm throwing down passes like J Kid, taking uh-huh. cats to the rack, and uh-huh. I'm dunking on them like C Mac. When I'm at the plane, I play with that Alonzo style. I'm like Darius, cause I can Don't too many miles. players get offers like me. Uh-huh. I'm back and forth, I likely shake the checks uh-huh. off your Nikes. Okay. They almost had me in a suit at the draft, cause it looked like a free throw when I be shooting from half. The uh-huh. first step, like Iverson, blow past you. Uh-huh. You leave nothing but net, but I could go blast too. Uh-huh. When I'm in the paint, the defense so shook, they don't know if I'ma put up a slow hook or dish off a no look. Yeah. To drive the lane would be dumb, no, cause I send it back at you, then give you the finger like a tumble. Shorty, over the summer, you might have boosted the inch, but as long as Fabulous is playing, get used to the bench. And see, my game consists of a whole lot of moves you would think I learned from the Harlem Globetrotters. JD gon' lead us to a ring, Fab and Bow Wow's the only players that make cheerleaders wanna sing. Yeah, put it up. Where you in the G?
joint, uh-huh. the night MJ, MJ. scored 63 points when the Lakers won titles back to back, didn't give nobody no kind of slack, when Vince Carter came, stuck his arm in the rim, everybody went crazy in the whole damn gym, uh-huh. to Kimbe Matumbo standing tall, playing D with desire, his basketball sing. Put it up.